I'm taking a moment at the top of the show to address something which has little to do with travel. Last week in Texas, grade school children were a part of an unspeakable tragedy. The week before, it was Buffalo. Just a few four short months ago, it was Sacramento. Enough. It's time for reasonable people to put forth reasonable changes to the system to keep kids from buying machine guns. To me, this isn't about taking guns away from responsible owners. There has to be some middle ground. Couldn't we work together towards some solutions? Please, enough thoughts and prayers. Time for change. Today, on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, a Sacramento woman who punched a Southwest flight attendant is going to prison. And if Cuba's on your bucket list, getting there is going to get easier. Those stories next in the news. Should you insure your stay at a vacation rental? Does your current insurance already cover you? Well, it's the subject of our Smarter Traveler segment at 320. The airport has been busy this weekend. It's going to be that way all summer. Our friends from TSA, Dale and Sid, join us at 335 to help make your pass through security as easy as possible. At 350, our friend Steve LaRosa tells us what's going on this time taking us to Mill Valley and to Muir Woods. Sharing information to make you a smarter traveler. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. To Alaska, to go north to Russia's own. Welcome, welcome, my friends, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope your uh, Sunday is is a good one. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Of course, uh, our salute to all of our our uh, veterans, those that uh, lost their lives, and uh, family members of those who lost their lives fighting for our freedom. Uh, may we all take time out over this uh, three-day Holiday to remember that uh, as you're enjoying the the barbecues and the freedom that they work so hard for us to to enjoy. Mark, welcome back, my friend, to uh, California after going all that way to Hawaii and and struggling through. How many people did you have on your tour? You know, uh, well, we only had eight to eighteen, which is we usually okay. take about eighteen to twenty. Is it to... like is, is it like herding cats? Well. No, actually, sometimes it is, but on, on this particular trip, we had nothing but uh, uh, organizational chaos. Uh, because oh, of good. the number of people in the islands and all the things, every day was a challenge. I mean, it, it just things that were supposed to happen didn't, and uh, they had to be replaced by other things, oftentimes on the fly. So I had the most patient, understanding, cool group of people to travel with that you could ever have they 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 just went with the flow you know we talk about the f word the flexibility thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and boy they had they just 
it didn't matter what happened. They just said, all right, you know, we'll go on to the next thing. That didn't happen. Okay, we got some lousy weather in Kauai, wiped out a day of uh, sightseeing. Some people didn't get to go flight seeing, which is really cool to do oh, on yeah. Kauai. And Maui, I just, I know a lot of people love Maui, but it's, it's, it, I, I, I just, there's too many people there. And the people who are there, uh, yeah, um, God bless the residents for putting up with all of that they have to put up with just to make a buck because I, 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 I just don't, I don't see it. But anyway, as we said last week, if you're going to the islands, um, take your patience with you because uh, there are a lot of people there. And every time you go to pick up a rental car or go to a restaurant or anything like that, you're, you're, you're probably going to encounter some of those other friendly folks who have chosen to travel at the exact same time that you have. Well, you you got to admit though that if you're a, a young, great-looking person, uh-huh. uh, and you're looking to you know rub shoulders with others like you, mm-hmm. uh, Maui, the where friends gather, is is the place to go. Now, if you're someone like myself, <laughs> it's also where you uh, go to declare personal bankruptcy because the hotel rates <laughs> over there are running four to seven hundred. I mean, I'm not kidding you. Um, getting into a hotel, we happen to have uh, our rate was booked a couple of years ago. Trip had been canceled. Hotel honored the rate at, on both islands. We were on Kauai and Maui. So we had rates that were off the bottom of the rate card currently that we were paying roughly half of what other people were paying. And they were opening their wallets and paying it. I would, I mean, I would never, I, I couldn't in good conscience take people to Maui and pay the hotel rates that they're charging now because it's too crowded and they're, mm-hmm. And the hotels are not worth that. I mean, there's some yeah. nice hotels and some beautiful resorts in Kihei and on Kaanapali Beach, uh, but they're not worth six or seven hundred dollars a night. I'm sorry. And then you know, when you get up to a six hundred dollar hotel rate and you got a twelve percent tax, guess what? The tax is seventy dollars a night. You know, I mean, I can stay up the road here in Rancho Cordova. For the, and the whole thing will be $70 a night. Anyway, we have other things to get on to. I'm sorry I'm ranting. <laughs> All right. We are the Travel Guys, and at the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And Mark has compiled it for us, so uh, take it away, Mark. Well, and it's interesting. Um, Sacramento in the news, as we mentioned in the headlines, a lady from Sacramento, 29-year-old gal, um, who got upset with a Southwest flight attendant on a flight to San Diego, um, punched her in the face, um, chipped her teeth. She's going to prison Jeez. for 15 months. Um, and dare I just say, um, considering I've seen the cell phone, uh, another passenger t- uh, put, put it, uh, recorded it on their cell phone, and if you see it, and you see the 30 seconds before it starts, you can see the lady is clearly, I don't know what made her do that, but she's also prohibited from flying for three years. And she's on super, when, while on supervised release, they must participate in anger management classes or counseling. Good Lord. Um, but I'm, I'm glad to see that somebody who did something like this is getting a real penalty and not just a slap on the wrist. The Biden administration seeks to expand authorized travel to Cuba. Uh, President Biden has put forth a proposal that would allow folks with family members and friends to go to Cuba and also perhaps 
some limited, what it was called before during the Obama administration, educational travel, which basically means tour groups with prearranged itineraries, um, not going to lay on the beach, but going to learn about the country and the like. So it's a possibility if you are interested in going to Cuba and you missed the opening a few years ago, there may be another opportunity coming up soon. Here's something that just came in, Tom. Um, yesterday afternoon, Alaska Airlines pilots have voted to strike. Um, this doesn't mean that they're going to strike tomorrow or next week or next month or ever, but it means that they have basically voted to authorize their union to call a strike. Alaska Airlines management points out that um, a strike can only take place after there have been uh, discussions with the National Mediation Board and stuff. So if you're getting ready to fly on Alaska Airlines, don't panic. Nothing's going to happen in the next couple of days. But if you were flying on Alaska Airlines in July or August, I would certainly keep an eye on this because the pilots already randomly picketed a few airports a couple of months back, and that kind of created some chaos for Alaska on the day they did it. So they wouldn't have to go on strike to make life difficult for passengers. All they would have to do is create with, with the way staffing is right now, some slowdowns and stuff. So we'll just keep an eye on it and uh, and keep you updated as they go through the process. The pilots have been without a contract for three years. I would say if, if, if you were in labor and you were picking a time to go after management, this would be the time. So you've mm-hmm. probably got a little more leverage than you would normally have. It has been a difficult weekend if you fly. I was looking on Facebook uh, before we got on the air, Tom, and and saw a couple posts from friends who were trying to get across the country today, both of whom were having considerable difficulty. Um, There have been a lot. Were they they flying Delta by any chance? Well, there have been a lot of of flights canceled um, and a lot, lot more delayed. Um, About 30% of all the flights in the country were delayed yesterday, a delay being more than 15 minutes. So um, 2,300 flights were canceled um, on Friday, uh, 565 on Saturday. Now, let's be honest here. A lot of this has to do with weather. So it's not necessarily that the airlines did something bad and melted down, which they certainly have done a few times already this year. Many of them have been proactive and tried to uh, cut down. Delta last week cut out about 100 flights a day. Um, So they got hit with this more than anyone else. Basically, it just depends on where your luck is. If you're in a part of the country that hits its bad weather and one or two of your hubs are there, then you're in trouble. But uh, So Delta bore the brunt of this. But it has been a difficult weekend. Um, as of 10 a.m. Uh, this morning, uh, 250 flights had been canceled and 700 delayed. So that would be... That would probably total up to a little more than yesterday at the end of the day. Anyway, if you're waiting for somebody to arrive or you're getting ready to head back home after a holiday weekend, um, pack your favorite protein bar and your pillow because it might be a long journey. COVID-19 is continuing to shadow the cruise industry. Holland America announced yesterday that um, a cruise, cruise that masks would be required on all indoor indoors on all of their sailings. Um, as of yesterday, they are also asking people to wear masks outside in crowds. So this is a sign that um, the cruise ships with all of those indoor spaces and stuff like that are having some COVID issues. So 
Um, it's there. Holland America says they're not putting ships at full capacity. They're trying to give people a little bit of, of spacing and stuff. I sort of believe them. Holland America traditionally has been a little bit of a cut above some of the other cruise lines. So I haven't cruised with them for a long time, but uh, they are trying to make sure that customer, customers, particularly ones who become COVID test COVID positive, um, can be taken care of once they get to land. So can, kudos to them for that. You think airfares are up a lot around the country? It mm-hmm. depends on where you're going. Okay. If you're going to a secondary city, you are much more likely to get hit with a big airfare increase than you are to a primary city. For example, fares in San Francisco are up 17% on the average. Fares in Spokane are up 35% on the average. So that's a pretty big difference. Um, fares in Denver are up 22% on the average. But fares in Dayton, Ohio, are up 42% on the average. So if you're flying to a secondary city and you're thinking, wow, that fare has gone up a lot, or you're flying between two main airports and you say, well, gee, that's only about 20 or $30 more than I paid before. Well, that's entirely possible because right now it looks like the statistics show that folks at smaller airports are bearing the brunt of the fare increases. U.S. is increasing the inbound travel fee for international travelers. That actually happened uh, late last week. It's going to going to $17 from $10 plus a $4 administrative fee. Don't know that that concerns too many of the folks who are listening to this program because they're probably from the U.S. of A. Windstar has added some Tahiti cruises to their fall lineup. Windstar is the cruise line that is really famous for having brought put Tahiti on the map. Cruise-wise, did that myself a long time ago. One of the best travel experiences ever to go down to, with Windstar and sail through the, the islands down there in Tahiti and Bora Bora and Morea, and it just was really, really a high-class experience. Their ships are about 150 people, uh, and they really, really do a good job. They've been down there in French Polynesia for a long time. Consider that an endorsement. Venice has postponed their tourist entry fees. We've talked about this before. Until next year, no reason given for the delay. And that, my friend, is your travel news for today. All right. Thank you, Mark. And we are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Mark and Tom brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. able to uh, bring you information to make you a smarter traveler each and every Sunday. By the way, uh, you can find Travel Guys at TravelGuysRadio.com. Links to our special guests and so much more can be found there. Uh, Coming up on the back half of the show, you might want to call your friends and tell them about this one. We have Sid and Dale from the TSA, right out of the Sacramento International Airport, to join us, talk about what's new at the TSA, what it's like getting through the lines, what to anticipate summer's going to be like, uh, and so much more. That's at about 3.35. And then joining us after a long uh, time off, Steve LaRosa in our What's Going On feature. And today we feature, uh, well, the, the 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 what I guess you would call it the Northwest Coast, uh, just north of San Francisco. We're going to go to Muir Woods. We're going to go to uh, Mill Valley, uh, just at Mount Tamapias. And Steve's going to take us on a uh, a virtual uh, road trip, if you will, right here on the radio. So in the meantime, uh, Mark, we teased at the before the break there about whether it makes sense to uh, 
ensure that vacation rental? What information do you have for us? Well, today? there's a lot of different approaches to this. Um, when you talk about insurance for vacation rentals, first of all, if you're renting, if you're just like if you were buying an airline ticket, you're going to find that the websites are going to offer you the chance to insure your vacation. In other words, uh, you can't go at the last minute. There are cancellation penalties. And so now uh, VRBO or Airbnb or whomever, uh, you've purchased insurance, and so now you're not going to be liable for those penalties. Be careful there. Um, none of those people have ever sold anything that they lost money on uh, from an insurance standpoint. And, and, and really read the exclusions to make sure that perhaps the main reason you're concerned about, you know, maybe there's something in your life that's uncertain, but that's not something that's covered. So make sure you know that ahead of time. That's really critical. Now, the other thing is that you, you, you go to a, you, you do a vacation rental. Let's say, for example, you got a vacation rental because you wanted to have a family get together, a family reunion, something like that. Something gets damaged. Uh, somebody runs into a light pole in the front yard or somebody breaks something inside the house that's of, of some magnitude or something like that. Um, can you insure against something like that? The answer is yes, but um, you could get a writer probably on, on your personal homeowner insurance that would cover that in speaking to an insurance agent. But he said really on a one-time basis, it would be prohibitively expensive so he said, really, it, 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 it's, it's not reasonable to consider insuring against damage. He said some people may have something in their personal homeowner's policy that covers when they're in other places. Um, and then you've got, if you're renting out your, your home, then do you protect yourself? Um, and there's two areas there. There's you know actual damage to your home or your property or whatever that's fixable. And then there's liability coverage. You know, what if someone rents your home and they do something while they're renting it? You know, they shoot your neighbors. Um, or maybe that's a bad example right now. Um, you know, they, they, they steal the neighbor's dog. Or um, something happens that reflects on you poorly and financially reflects on you. So then how do you protect yourself against that? So if you're renting out your, your home, you want to make sure that you've sat down and talked to a trusted insurance agent and yeah. said, you know, what what type of coverage makes sense for me here? If you're getting into the to the rental business, why you want to make absolutely certain that you protect yourself um, against what other things that could happen, especially things that you might not be there for. Yeah, you know, there's just a lot of liability when you have um, people that are uh, you're renting your home and people are living in it for any period of time uh, that you could slip and fall, something could happen to the people in the home. Uh, no different than, uh, let's say, if you were you're hiring caregivers in a home, uh, there's a special underwriter, uh, extra insurance that you can purchase from your homeowner's insurance uh, to cover those people while they're there. And, and I'm sure that uh, the insurance companies know all about this because it happens uh, day in and day out all across the country, people turning their properties into uh, vacation rentals. So uh, well, you, I'm sure you're... You're trying to make a few extra bucks, and that's it's a great it's a great idea. A lot of people, our economies, our economy has changed dramatically in the last twenty years, and there are a lot of these sharing things where you can take assets of your own and make money off of them. But mm -hmm. just make sure that you're protected and that you're protected in the way that you need to be. Okay, there's a couple of things here I want to mention. Um, just reminders in our smarter traveler segment here before we get up against the news. Um, I suspect Tom. 
Uh, I suspect there are a lot of people who are testing positive for COVID and then are going out and getting on an airplane or going out and dining in a restaurant or going out and going other places where other people are because they feel fine and they think that, you know, this is it's it's okay. I'll wear a mask or, you know, everybody's getting this. It's all over the place. Um, I just Travelers United wrote a great uh, story this week about it's not okay to fly when you're contagious with COVID. Or for that matter, anything. Well, know? yeah, exactly. But if you if you if you find that we talked last week about testing before travel, and a qualification to that, uh, my own personal doctor said this week. He I heard me talking, and he said, you know, folks really don't need to test if they don't have any symptoms. But he said if you have one of the symptoms that's on that four, short four or five symptom list, or you're just not feeling great, why then that's that's a reason. To, be, to test before you travel, and I think that's a great idea. Um, but if you come up positive, for God's sake, um, think a little bit about the rest of us on the planet. The reason I say I think this is happening is because in Hawaii, I used two major hotels, had to leave a gentleman behind in one because he tested positive. 200-room hotel went to the front desk in Hawaii with a lot of vacation people, said, what are the COVID protocols here? We don't have any. Got to the next hotel, didn't have the need for it, but just asked when we checked in, what are the COVID protocols here? We don't have any. So that tells me that um, because they don't have a system set up to deal with people who have it, somebody tests positive while, even while they're on vacation, and they say, well, you know, nobody really knows. I'll just try to stay away from people. So just, you know, I mean, really and truly, this is about us taking care of each other. So if you're tempted, don't. And one last thing here is... If you're on vacation this summer, you're going to some place like Yellowstone or Alaska or some place where there is abundant wildlife. Keep in mind they are wildlife. That's what they're called, wildlife. <laughs> so uh, last week a lady got trampled in Yellowstone because she was trying to pet a buffalo. So um, not a smart thing to do. It seems obvious, but for some reason people get out in these places and they forget their common sense. And they see these animals and stuff, and they think they can just go up and, and, and get close to them. So just a little common sense when you're out there traveling, especially when you're out with the creatures. Wow. I, I'm sorry. I I had to hold back a chuckle or a, a, a scoff. Of, it's okay to pet, pet the buffalo. I don't know where <laughs> that ever... I, Hey there, Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. We've been promising for some time now to bring back our guys from the uh, TSA to talk about what's been going on at the TSA and out at the Sacramento International Airport, our our experts and, and guys in charge, uh, uh, Dale Keller and Sid Hanna. Welcome back to the Travel Guys. Thank you. It's great to be here. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time to talk to our listeners, and we've discovered that we have a, a fairly broad audience, even some people who don't live in the Sacramento area who regularly listen to the program. So um, so how are things out at, at TSA at, at Sacramento Airport? You guys got enough help? Are things running smoothly so far up to the Memorial Day holiday? You know, actually, things are very busy. Um, you know, we uh, we do our baseline comparison, you know, pre-COVID compared to 2019 travel. And uh, we found ourselves rapidly approaching the same volumes then and actually now be surpassing those. Um, so we are definitely in for a, a very busy summer, which is great. A lot of people traveling and uh, a lot of people flying out of Sacramento. 
the um, <clears throat> you know, as far as help, we're in the same boat as I think everybody else. But uh, the officers that we do have out there working, they're working hard. They're very dedicated to what they do. And uh, we're ensuring safe travels coming out of Sacramento. TSA opens at what time in the morning now? With the new uh, flight schedules going in, we, we mirror the airlines primarily. But uh, Southwest has decided uh, beginning next Tuesday to start up some very early departures. So we will actually uh-huh. be arriving about 3 a.m. and uh, having things up and running no later than about 3.30 and then uh, depending on the day and the airline, we may close anywhere from, oh, midnight 30 to, to 0130, depending on the uh, the day and the airline delays, things like that. But yeah, So not God quite bless 24 South- hours to get close. God bless Southwest. They uh, Yes, they have expanded their workday um, with the Seattle and Portland flights heading out. Um, if, if you're if, if you're scheduled to go with Southwest, the Pacific Northwest folks, you might want to check your reservation. A whole lot of schedule changes have come down recently. And now flights that used to depart uh, seven, eight o'clock in the morning are departing at lovely times like five oh five and five fifteen and things like that. So that was specifically why I asked you that question was because having seen all of those schedule changes come by, I figured you guys were going to be ready to go before uh, four o'clock out there. What can we tell um Guys, what can we tell people who are headed out to the airport? There are a lot of people who listen to the show. Some are regular travelers. Some are occasional travelers. What can they do before they get to the airport and then perhaps after they're at the airport? You know, they're standing in the line there. They've got five or ten minutes before they get to the front of the line. What can we do to make people better prepared to go through security? You know, one of the biggest things, you know, the, the saying, no before you go. You know, look at your bag, especially carry on. Know what is in your bag. A lot of people will use their same bag if uh, people go to the firing range, you know, the gun range, and they'll forget that there's a, uh, you know, a stray round of ammunition, or God forbid they forget they left their firearm in their bag. Um, That will definitely ruin your day. And um, a lot of other things people will just simply forget that they had in their bag. We always recommend if you're going to use a bag to travel with, empty it out and start fresh. And uh, that's that's a big one. The other one is remember the 311 rules, Um, you know, uh, no more than three ounces in a one-quart bag and one per person. Uh, we do allow the uh, the additional uh, hand sanitizer still with COVID. Um, that is totally allowed. It will it will undergo additional screening, but it is allowed. And um, you know, and if you're really if you got time, get enrolled in TSA PreCheck. Uh, that is what will really make a huge difference as we're we're coming out of the COVID period. And a lot of people want to fly and and things. You know, we're working out. We're getting our staffing back up. But TSA PreCheck will always get you through quickly. And the other thing I got to throw in there is don't forget your real ID. We got less than a year to go before it's a requirement. Our special guest, Sid and Dale from the TSA out at Sacramento International Airport. Guys, uh, what's the current status in regards to and what are you seeing? Of course, people do what they want to do in regards to protocol for masking and so forth going through the TSA and at the airport itself. You know, uh, masking is a, is 100% voluntary right now, and um, the CDC does still request, they recommend masking. Uh, however, there is no enforcement at this time on the mask. So uh, uh, individuals are, are entirely welcome to wear a mask if they, they want to do so. You may see some of our employees wearing a mask on a voluntary basis as well, along with uh, airlines and airport employees. So, um, again, it is 100% voluntary. The CDC does recommend it. Um, 
but it is totally it's a it's a personal decision at this time and there's honestly you know subjectively i'd say there's been no talk of of the mandate coming back in however if it is you know we'll we'll definitely ensure that it's publicized and people are aware guys what would you say is your biggest challenge uh in interacting with the public um it's it's a brief interaction but perhaps folks are with with the masking thing not being such a point of contention now um, hopefully that isn't as as bad as it as it was. But just overall, what is what's the biggest challenge? You mentioned the you know somebody leaving ammunition or a, inadvertently a gun in their carry on bag or something like that. Is is there is there something in particular that that comes up on a regular basis? You know, we it, it's kind of hit and miss. It does depend. You know, we've had um, people forget. You know, just the things you said. Also, tools. You know, um, we've seen for some reason an increase in and screwdrivers that are over seven inches in length and, and things like this. It's, it's kind of unique what we're seeing in the carry on. Um, I will say, as, as you stated too, since the uh, mass mandate has dropped, we've seen a, a definite change in the, in the passengers and they, uh, much more obliging, much more tolerant, uh, since the masks have gone away, we still do have, um, some issues, uh, now and then of, of individuals not wanting us to clear the anomalies or the alarms that do come up especially in sensitive areas. I think that'll always be an issue. But, um, you know, it, passengers just have to remember, if, if there is an alarm, if something does show up on the piece of equipment or the piece of equipment does then select a person for additional screening, we are obligated to follow through with it to, to clear that anomaly or to <clears throat> conduct that additional screening and get the person on their way as quickly as possible and as safely as possible. Well, and if you just if you get your find yourself in one of those situations, because I did just a few weeks ago in Sacramento, went through the the screening and the guy said, look, you know, there's a couple of places I need to check out. One of them is up here in your groin area. He was very professional about it, asked me um, a couple of questions before he touched me. Um, I, I thought it couldn't have gone smoother. Uh, from my point of view, but I guess if I had gotten all worked out of shape about it, why that would have probably changed the the situation entirely. But it's like, hey, dude, you know, whatever you need to do to, to whatever you need to do to do your job and get me out of here and on my way, um, I'm in favor of. So at least in that anecdotal situation, I, I found um, folks to be very professional, and and I, I think that if you just uh, those your people have a job to do. And so let them do their job and just get out of there. It'll take you less time to get it done than it will to argue with them. Absolutely. You know, and, and our, before any of our officers will perform any of that resolution pat down, you know, of resolving those alarms, they will give advisements and they will also offer private screening. Um, if you don't want to wait for them to offer private screening, you can automatically request private screening as well. We will, uh, we will definitely respect your privacy. We have room set aside for that, you know, for those, those sensitive area pat downs and checking that it's totally up to the individual passenger and, and what they would like. And, um, you know, I, I do take, and Sid takes a great deal of pride in our workforce at Sacramento. They are very professional. They're very compassionate. They're understanding and, uh, they do treat everybody with a great deal of respect. Hey, guys, any new technology that you're using you want to tell us about or something coming up in the future in regards to the screening process? Um, we are actually uh, the credential authentication technologies um, that we've had on a, on a couple of the lanes. Now, this is the technology where the passenger simply pre- presents their driver's license or their passport. They don't need to actually present their boarding pass. 
and uh, the the technology actually allows us to go directly into Secure Flight. It pulls up a picture of the individual, you know, shows that they're clear to proceed. You know, everything that that, that would be on that boarding pass, but it actually the computer is assisting the. Uh, the officer doing that work and it speeds up uh, passenger flow and, and it reduces any any mistakes or anomalies that we may encounter at that particular stage. And what we're doing now is we've increased to every single travel document checking station at SMF has this technology and further it's going to be upgraded to more enhancements and to be faster here later on this year. Uh, so that's something that the passengers will directly see. And then we're also set up to test pilot a new automated lane technology. It's different than what we've seen at different at the other airports like Las Vegas and Phoenix and everything. But it's kind of a it's it's going to go ahead here. It's uh, Garadondi, I believe, is the uh, the product name, and it will be a neat uh, a neat newer process of the automated screening lanes technology. And really what we're waiting on now, again, due to COVID, there's a lot of offices permitting, things like that, that are, that are behind. And, and we're just waiting for all that paperwork to come in. And we'll, we'll be installing that up at Terminal B. So we're, we're very excited to have that and to, uh, to take it out and get the data and go back to big TSA and see if they actually want to incorporate this technology into other airports. Well, guys, keep up the good work out there. Uh, I've been through the airport a number of times lately, and I can absolutely back up the professionalism um, of the TSA folks. Uh, and, and I really appreciate that as someone who travels frequently, um, nobody needs anything else to add to their hassle list when they go to the airport. So being able to get through there easily and quickly, thanks for all of the tips that you've given our people. And if you have any questions, uh, for Dale and Sid, you can go to travelguysradio.com. Folks do this on a regular basis. Drop me a note and, uh, we'll find out the answer for you. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you at the airport. Hey, thank you, and have a great summer, guys. Take care. Thank you. Really generous with their time. Those guys always are. It took us a little while to catch up with them this particular time, but um, always willing to come on, and and frankly, from a radio guy's standpoint, they're a great interview. They always have good, solid information and things to share, and plus that, they're, they're nice guys, so I'm not surprised to go out there and not have any issues because they're running the show, so it would be a reflection of their leadership, I think, that... That it, that it moves smoothly, and that you you never really hear anything. Security is something at an airport you should never hear about. Sid Hanna, Dale Keller uh, from the TSA, always a pleasure to have you guys on. That's the dulcet tones of Marvin Gaye, which signals it's time once again for a What's Going On with our buddy Steve LaRosa. This week, uh, we have no idea where Steve's been, what he's been doing. It's been months since we spoke, but we just thought we would make a random call to his home <laughs> and uh, and just ask him, Steve, welcome to the Travel Guys. It's Mark and Tom. Well, uh, thanks, you guys, and a, a, a special thanks to my parole officer that uh, made this all possible today. So, <laughs> Well, what has been going on, Steve? Where have you been? I understand you've been uh, visiting the, what would it be, California West North Coast? A little northwest of San Francisco, um, but uh, it was Marin County, and we were there for three or four days. We were actually home-based in uh, Corte Madera. It was centrally located, so it was an easy drive in all directions to some of the places we wanted to hit. For instance, we went to, um, I'm sure you guys have either either driven by or been to 
The Marin County Civic Center. Now, that may sound like an unusual destination for a vacation, but it's it was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, and uh, it's just an extraordinary building, and it's just north of San Rafael, right off the 101. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing structure. It looks like something out of TXH1138, George Lucas's futuristic film, which, incidentally, featured the building in that very movie. And, uh, you know, if you guys are fans of Wright, you know that he was noted for creating structures that melded into the topography. And if you take a look at it from from the outside, you'll notice the length of this long, I mean long, salmon-colored building with the aqua-colored roof extends from a protruding hill. So we did a self-guided tour, which points out the architectural themes that Wright duplicates throughout the structure. By the way, if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, if all went well, there will be uh, some photos there that uh, that Steve provided for us. So that if you hadn't had a chance to see it, you can you can see it for yourself. Uh, we went to Mill Valley. It's a charming little town south of San Rafael. It's great for browsing the little shops in downtown. And we actually had lunch at the the depot, which was formerly by odd coincidence, the train depot. And it has a bookstore there uh, with a very enthusiastic guy by the name of Andy Mecca, who uh, is kind of like the the unofficial mayor. And he was very helpful in terms of pointing out how to get to Muir Woods, which we'll talk about in a minute, and uh, uh, how to get to Sweetwater Music Hall. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you've heard of that, Tom... And Mark, you know that you know Sweetwater has been around for many years, and they just changed locations, and they've had name acts from Carlos Santana to members of the Grateful Dead, and it's actually um, Bob Weir, the Dead, is one of the owners. Cool, uh, uh, Mark. I'm guessing you've taken uh, some of your groups to uh, Mill Valley on occasion. We have, we have absolutely, in the uh, particularly in the Sausalito area too. There's. Uh, a, a lot of floating houseboat homes down there that they put on, uh, that they open up to the public a couple of times a year, which is kind of fun. And so, and of course, Muir Woods is Muir Woods is really hard to get to with a forty-five foot motor coach, but it's uh, it's one of the the coolest, most unknown spots in the whole Northern California. I think it's almost surreal. I'm guessing you, you know this very well, Mark. Uh, if you're planning on going. Uh, it's a short drive, by the way, from Mill Valley, but if you're planning on going, you must, I stress must, make parking reservations on their website uh, because uh, they got a guy at the parking lot and then the, the secondary parking lot down the street monitoring all the cars that come in. And if you don't have your um, pass, you're not getting in in the, uh, the close uh, parking lot. But they really do monitor how many people are coming into the woods. If you're going to go to, uh, I, I always call it the big three. You go to Muir Woods. Right. You go to, if you're willing to do the uh, in and out, in and out, make it to Stinson Beach. But I wasn't willing to make that trip this time. But the other part of the triad is Mount Tamalpais. And... Um, have you guys been to the top the, with the view that looks back east, which includes the bay, and then off to the right, uh, there's the top of the towers of the Golden Gate Bridge? I have, uh, in fact, uh, a, a few times. It's, uh, it, is, it is one of the most spectacular uh, views that you could find in the Bay Area. It's, uh, it's world class. 
Yeah, and there's nothing like it when you look over and you see that cloud bank coming in, and it's a classic photograph you've seen many times, I'm sure, where you just, it's like the top of the bridge is floating on top of the clouds. It's just, it's spectacular. And um, you should check in advance, though, to see what's open. Uh, On their website, they talk about certain uh, spots on the mountain are closed. So you have to check and see what's open at the time uh, and see what's current in terms of what access you have. Well, all right. By the way, uh, Steve LaRosa, it's uh, What's Going On. We're visiting the, we went to Mill Valley, Muir Woods, Mount Tamapias, and finally we're ending up where, Steve? San Anselmo. It's uh, another charming little town like Mill Valley. The main street is um, lined with numerous shops, boutiques, and charming little bookstores. But the, the, the crazy thing is there's a little park in the middle of the block with, surprisingly, a statue of Yoda next to a statue of Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. Well, all right. Well, it sounds like you, you guys had a, a, a fun time. And uh, people in California, and especially right here in Sacramento, are, are lucky enough to have all of that great stuff nearby. Steve, thanks uh, so much for uh, checking in with us. Good to have you back in the saddle, Steve. Thanks for thanks for joining us a little bit. And boy, you have uh, not only not only is that, would that be a good day trip. Heck, it would make a good weekend. Or you could go in the middle of the week and avoid most of the crowds. That's what we did, and you're absolutely right. Don't forget now uh, links to uh, uh, a lot of this stuff that we talked with Steve about can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. Stay well, my friend. Thank you, guys. Well, all right. Good to have Steve back in the saddle getting out and covering those uh, local events. That's one of the things that we do uh, throughout the year here on the Travel Guys is Steve will scout out great outings and adventures uh, right here close to home. You know, travel doesn't have to be over the pond. It doesn't have to be 2,000 miles in any direction. Uh, Us particularly that live here in wonderful California, you can go uh, 100 miles or less in pretty much any direction and find uh, find some great stuff. Just ask Rob on the road. Huh? Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And Steve picked out some really some great places there. And if you remember, we had a flight seeing service that goes out of the North Bay there that can take you flight seeing too. So you could combine some of Steve's stuff there with some time in Sausalito, little flight seeing. You could easily blow off. I mean, you could easily have a great weekend. Um, and uh, it's for for not as much money as it would cost you to fly across the country. Hey, a couple of quick things here. Uh, just a reminder, this has come up a couple times lately on a couple of our news feeds. If you are arriving late, if your airline has been delayed and you're arriving past midnight and you're looking to pick up a rental car, uh, don't assume, especially if you're renting from a secondary car company, um, that they're going to be there waiting for you because the answer is they might not be. So make sure if you're really delayed that you take some some sort of action. Same thing with a hotel. If you're going to be arriving after 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning, uh, generally they would be holding your room because they have a guarantee, but it wouldn't be a bad idea to call and let them know. At least they give it to somebody else. And lastly here, um, we're working on a guest for In the Future. Jessica Nabongo is her name. Um, she is the first African-American woman to visit a hundred countries, she says. 
And uh, so pretty cool. Anyway, we're going to get her on and talk to her about some of her travels that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Outstanding. Okay, folks, be sure to join us next weekend here on the Travel Guys, whether it's business or for pleasure. We're always here to give you advice and give you information to make you a smarter traveler. Uh, final word, Steve. Uh, to Steve. Final, <laughs> final word, Mark. Steve already had his final word. How about you, Mark? Dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Thank you, my friends. We'll see you. Stay well now.